You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice box is what I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. All right, welcome back to another week of Muskies on Tap. I am your host, Gus Manti. Thank you to all the new listeners that we got this past week. Really appreciate that. Uh, a lot of new listens on that PMTT recap podcast from last week. Uh, Max and I are still buzzing pretty good after that. Also would like to give a shout out to Hyde Music for the sound quality of the past two weeks. My aunt and uncle, Todd and Dee, Dee Hyde. The, uh, the owners of Hyde Music, which they have multiple locations throughout Wisconsin. Uh, I believe it's Appleton, Green Bay, Stevens Point, Oshkosh, and Madison. They they hooked me up, uh, Max as well, and Brian shortly on getting some studio quality mics, finally. Uh, I know that was something that some of the users were asking about at the beginning. Um, I know the mic quality probably wasn't super good, but yeah, if you if anybody out there is a musician or in in need of of some good quality, you know, sound equipment, I definitely suggest Hyde Music and also all musical instrument needs. So, everyone go check that out if you could. That'd be awesome. Um we're going to have a little Q&A today and hopefully we can get to all the questions and if we do miss any, if you're a listener that has sent a question in and you don't hear it, uh, just please resend it in. I might have missed it. I uh, really appreciate everyone sending in questions. It's awesome. This was a little more of a laid back week. Uh, we went pretty hard during the PMTT and I kind of took a little time off. Didn't fish as much this past week. Still put a couple fish in the bag. Still dialed in a few patterns. Hoping to talk a little bit about that for you guys to give you a little recap kind of what's to be expected this weekend going into the PMCC for Max and Brian. And before I get any further, uh, I might as well introduce the other Muskies on Tap members here. And that is Max Manti. Good evening, everybody. Nice to be here. I'm glad uh, we're also joined by our other co-host, Brian. Uh, A little worried about him, though. I don't know if he got in too much golf this weekend. And on top of that, his... uh, his dream boy, Rory McIlroy, came up short once again in the U.S. Open uh, tonight. So really excited to get his thoughts on all that. Uh, excited to chat chat with him, too. Haven't seen him. And that's Partsy right there. We're, we're getting ready to go for the PMCC. So uh, should be a fun week, down up some ideas, maybe talk a little strategy. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be communicating quite frequently here over the next few days. But uh, good to be with everyone. Like Gus said, pretty drained after the PMTT last week. So, you know, I was able to get up north this weekend for Father's Day. It was also uh, Gus's birthday, so did some celebrating. Uh, But, yeah, like Gus said, putting a few fish in the bag, so that was a good time. Um, But, yeah, let's kick it over to you, Brian. I want to hear how you're feeling tonight. I'm feeling all right tonight. A little, a uh, little disappointed after watching the U.S. Open final round. Um, you know, Rory played some incredible golf this week, and unfortunately, couldn't get a couple big putts to drop coming down the stretch. Um, kind of getting used to that from him, but on to Hoy Lake, it's going to be a massacre. And uh, same goes for the PMCC this weekend. <laughs> that beatdown's coming, boys. Watch out. <laughs> I absolutely love the confidence. <laughs> you guys are going to kill it. It's going to be fun talking strategy here tonight. <laughs> so let's just start right there, Brian. What what are we thinking here for the PMCC? It's Saturday morning. Uh, let's set the stage. We're, we're rocking the 16-foot uh, family boat this weekend. Gus has got a few guide trips. That's why him and I aren't doing it. So I tagged up with uh, the incredible Brian Eckel here for the PMCC. So yeah, so we're running the 16-foot Ranger. It's got a 40-horsepower on it. Uh, lucky enough for us, or maybe unlucky enough for us, um, we got drawn boat number one for the start Saturday morning. 
Uh, so if we do decide to head north or south off the takeoff lake, which is Eagle, I think by the time we hit, I don't know, the channel from Voyager and a catfish, I'm guessing boat 45 will probably be passing us. So I think that's got to be baked into our strategy a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You think we're going to stick around close or should we make a trek starting off Saturday morning? You know, I, I, it's been a while since I've been in that boat. Maybe Gus, you can remind me quick. What's our top speed there? Was with you know us two units in the boat? We thinking like fifteen miles an hour? Ah, uh, she's pushing about twenty five. Twenty five. All right, all right. Oh, I'm hoping. It, I'm hoping if we get, well, if when we get past going into the channel from Eagle heading towards Voyager, we'll be able to kind of suck into a little uh, slingshot seam behind the boat in front of us and just ride their waves all the way over to. Immediately, gonna be putting a hammer down. <laughs> um, we are just yeah, talking I, spots I, I, immediately uh, here. We'll put some bleepers over those, but uh, oh, a little bit, a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love that idea. That's perfect. Textbook right there. <laughs> that's that's a fish um, before seven forty, if I've ever heard. Yeah, and then I think our other plan, since we won't have some of the crucial electronics that Gus will be having on his boat, probably just hunker in behind the nicest ranger. I'm and just peek over at their live scope half the time for this uh, inevitable bug hatch that we'll be dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I know that we sent you some concerning videos. As as, uh, as our listeners know from episode one, Brian is not a big fan at not casting at any sort of cover or structure, really. Not a big fan of open water fishing. And if this bug hatch continues to what it was this weekend, uh, we're going to be in for a real treat. And I think another thing to kind of touch on, you know, for Brian and I fishing is, so we're, we're, like I said, in the Ranger, we have a, a small trolling motor, um, which is fine. You know, the, the spots that we're going to fish we're familiar with, but the biggest thing is going to be boat control because I don't know the last time you've ran the trolling motor, but for me, it's probably been two years. And I don't even know if you've ever run the trolling motor in your entire life, honestly. So we're going to have yeah, to figure out I... who, who's doing that. <laughs> I did when we were really young and just kind of casting for whatever the hell was swimming under the boat, but uh, I haven't done it probably in the last three or four years, maybe longer. Um, so yeah, I'll probably let you man that for the most part, unless you start veering off into too deep of water. But uh, I think, <laughs> I think, our, I think that, uh, you know, maybe a good game plan without being able to really, I mean, we, we will be live scopeless um, unlike probably 90% of the boats. So I don't know. Hopefully we can get some good work in pre-fishing. I believe we'll be able to use uh, Gus's boat for that and at least kind of mark out some areas. Um, and then hopefully they're they're fairly adjacent to kind of our A1 spots and our typical spots. And, you know, we won't be just guessing the whole time. Yeah, well, definitely heard that. Hopefully we won't be guessing the whole time. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a trip, man. I mean, I, I guess, you know, back when Gus was younger, I was always the one running the trolling motor. And obviously when that, when the, when the guard changed on that, I, I, you know, it's quite the luxury to always just be able to fish and not have to worry about where the boat position is and stuff like that and just make casts and hope for the best. Uh, so that's going to be quite the change. I think for both of us, uh, could cause some conflict early on in the, in the day on Saturday, if I had to guess. If yeah, if it's a windy, I mean, we're just gonna be doing donuts in a spot. I don't have too much faith in us battling the wind. <laughs> yeah, no, that's gonna make things really hard. Yeah, so we'll see. I uh, I'm uh, we'll we'll definitely be laying back on a gust and hopefully get some in uh, some good pre fishing in on Friday. I'm hoping to get up there at least by midday. Um, We'll see what the bite's going to be. I don't know if, I mean, if it is a bug bug hatch and the fish are kind of pushed off the weeds, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to guess more of a rubber bite. I don't know, Gus, what if, I know you've had some success on some earlier this week. Yeah, it's still been good. Uh, we've uh, got three this past week on uh, two for Clayton, my Tuesday night league partner, and one for myself. And two of those three were open water. And then also... Max and I were just trolling today. It's Father's Day, uh, my birthday as well, and we went out trolling on the chain, and we caught one on a... Uh, it was probably like a 31-incher or so, but it was... Scorable. Scorable. It's important. 
can we please keep that whole segment? But every time you say tube or baby depth rater, just put a boop, boop. And so you're going, <laughs> you're going funny. yeah, we did score some on boop. And then this weekend, they're definitely boop. And then we caught one on a boop. <laughs> and I'd be like, nah, I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, there the uh, the bug hatch truly is kind of happening on the Eagle River chain for those that are going to be in the PMCC this next weekend who maybe have not been able to come up this year yet or might not even be able to pre-fish at all. If you have any previous knowledge on buggy areas, you're going to want to check those out on Saturday and Sunday during the tournament. I would assume with the incoming weather, it's going to sustain. You guys might be getting lucky with, I mean, good or bad, I don't know yet. It's, you know, a week out. There looks like there's some rain coming in. There might be some sort of cold front happening, but it might happen after the tournament. Not sure yet. But yeah, those open water fish, they it's still a muskie. They're still gonna hit, you know, any bait that you'd catch them in the weeds or on rocks or something like that. It's just usually you use slightly deeper lures and in that case cranks and rubber. Uh, which is why tubes have been good and then just crankbaits you know trolling or casting really for that matter brian you know if gus gus was fishing in this tournament absolutely none of this would be being said right now i know i was gonna say we gotta cancel this segment here we're giving away way too much info (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) yeah so yeah i think we'll uh i think we'll leave it at that uh good luck to everybody fishing in it um we might need the most luck um but uh i got faith in us at the end of the day it comes down to heart and um you know those hours in the gym getting your body ready so uh you know i i think we're gonna be prepared come that horn on saturday morning i agree physically mentally i'm i'm feeling ready that that's just what it's gonna come down to here it's just gonna be a grind that you know what i mean Know what I'm saying, Brian? Just, uh, just gonna have to grind out a few fish somehow. Well, I mean, I don't think there's two better anglers in Vilas at negative and neutral fish than than these two guys right here. So uh <laughs> let's let's hope they're not chomping too eagerly. Yeah, yeah. And no two better guys that can deal with some negative and neutral attitudes either, you know? Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna keep things <laughs> we're gonna keep things light. PVO, positive vibes only in the boat this weekend. Yeah. That's that's gonna but, be most of the battle. You know, it's tournament fishing is always just a mental it's just a mental sweat. And, and if we do lose our cool on each other and we get a little negative, it's only because we want to win that bad. And that's a good thing. Just two competitors. Yep. Fierce. But in all reality, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's probably going to be a little bit of a shit show. Uh, but the nice thing is, is we're going to be on familiar water. So, you know, we're hoping for the best. Uh, Brian, do we got a Vegas odds? Uh, I, I was just going to throw it over at just gonna throw it over to gus on his prediction if he has kind of a guess let's do let's do a guess of how many fish will win it and uh what do you think we'll do okay um gotta check in with vegas first here let me look them up what do they got all right looking at vegas here i think we're looking at a solid over under on 1.5 fish for brian and max you're going to want to take out a mortgage on your house. <laughs> You're going to want to hammer that over. Throw it all on it. That over under as well for sitting for uh, the first place finishers. I'll put that at four and a half. I feel incredibly disrespected right now. We are at one and a half and we're three or four behind the winners. This is uh, going to be eye opening for you, Gus. It's going to be eye opening. I can't wait. Prove me wrong, man. All I right. can't wait. As if we as if we needed any more motivation. Now we got That's, some bold, more material. I love to hear it. I mean, Max, what what do you what do you like to do for Brian and like a bait that he's using, and then all of a sudden he catches a fish? I know it gets him going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I my strategy typically is just to shit on the bait uh, over mm-hmm. and over and over again until Brian gets angry enough and stubborn enough to not switch a lure every fifteen <laughs> minutes, and then eventually he catches the fish on it. I remember uh what was it the the really really hideous shallow invader color that you bought that mm. isn't so hideous because it ended up catching that really nice fish. Was that the Fleet Farm custom? Might have been a Fleet Farm cuss. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I think that was uh was it the orange food farm customer or the the typical black wall? No, it was the buzz. I kept calling it the Buzz Lightyear. Oh bait. yeah, yeah, it was like purple and thing. neon and just looked so bad in the water. And I think it like glowed in the dark. And we were fishing at night. And you were like, "I'm throwing on the Buzz Lightyear bait." And I think you were half asleep, and all of a sudden we just hear, "Oh, I think I got a fish!" Mm-hmm. And just ended up bagging like a nice mid to low forties muskie on the chain. Yeah, that was before we had a bump, so that thing was probably a 48, but we'll call it mid to low. Probably not, but, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely take that exact fish on Saturday morning or, oh, I guess, yeah. anytime next weekend. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll get some uh, nice footage, and hopefully we'll have a couple of celebrations to hand out. That's another thing we got to quickly touch on. I don't want to move away yet before we discuss what our celebration dances are going to be if we do end up catching a fish. Um. Yeah, I guess it depends on the size of fish. I mean, if we land a uh, a chain giant, I mean, we might have to get wet, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if we hey, if yo. we catch a nice a nice little. <laughs> if we catch a nice little a uh, nice little thirty fiver to start the morning, as we as we've done in the past in the uh, national championship um yeah probably gonna be hitting like a i don't know something light like a little gritty or something <laughs> just something easy mm-hmm. something modest and humble man i'm fired up i can't wait i'm i'm i think we're gonna have an absolute laugh attack on that starting line when, when we're getting passed by every <laughs> single boat in the line because that oh happened to gus and gus and i the first time we fished in the tournament was the spring classic and we were both like 90 and we were literally getting passed by boat like one thirty by the time we got to our eventual spot that first morning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a blessing that we got boat number one because we need all the help we can get. But it's, I mean, yeah, we're we're uh, we're going to be in a drag race for about ten yards, and then we're just going to be getting tossed by waves. So hopefully, we'll get some footage of that. Should be a little comedy. All right, well, let's uh, make sure you get some good sleep this week, Brian. We'll be in touch. I'm excited to pick your brain on what you're feeling uh, for, I guess, for the strategy and whatnot, like we discussed. So can't wait to hear that. I'm sure we'll get a good, good game plan dialed up. I will be out on the water uh, sometime Friday, hopefully with you as well. Um, We'll be kind of checking some spots and honestly, I might do a little practice with boat (laughs) work, a little trolling motor work on Friday as well, just to see kind of how that that's all laying out and uh, obviously getting kind of reacclimated in the 16 foot boat too. I mean, we fished out of it a little bit on um, Friday night and it's just hilarious. I mean, it feels like it's half the size of Gus's boat. So yeah, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it, but I guess, you know, moving on here, we'll talk a little bit about a few fish that we did catch this week and uh, get on to some Q and a. Yeah. Let's touch on a few that were uh, caught this, this past week. Let me pull up my phone real quick, take a look at some pictures. So in Tuesday Night League last week, Clayton and I were able to bag two nice fish. Clayton got two on a a tube. Don't mean to spoil it for you, Clayton. Sorry about that. But but we were casting over bait and bugs. That was the name of the game. And and it seems like I was already touching on a little bit. It looks like that's kind of going to go forward as well for all you guys going into the tournament this weekend or anyone coming up to fish the chain. I would presume it'd be happening on a lot of area lakes as well. Um, I haven't, like I said, I didn't get to fish a ton last week. I didn't get to venture too much. All the fish that we did catch ended up being on the chain, which is good news for, for you, Brian and Max, uh, getting some, getting some insider Intel there going into the weekend. So after that Tuesday, I don't think I was able to get out at all on Wednesday Thursday was another really busy day work and got back after dinner. I was able to quickly get out, make sure the 16 footer was still working for you guys. Trolled around a little bit, marked some bait. Didn't get one to go. I think that was like 40, 45 minutes. I went to another spot that I knew bait was stacked on, put a tube on, started tossing it a little bit parallel to shore or the brake line, as it would say, and popped a nice chain 40 and a quarter so that was that was pretty cool still making sure the the old 16 footer still catches fish um i think it's got a little bit of good mojo for you guys going into the tournament we'll get it out on friday again to make sure it it really works probably get you guys an extra tank of gas because you'll be probably fishing about 60 spots over the weekend i know 
I, I do like our game plan of not panicking if our first couple of spots we don't catch anything or move anything and just kind of putting our head down, work in the same spots from different angles and just trusting that there's fish there and just, you know, waiting for a feeding window. I mean, there's definitely like a handful of spots I'd like to hit on Saturday, but just got to stay mm-hmm. patient. Yeah, no, that's all good. You, you guys truthfully probably know more spots than a majority of the fishermen in this tournament on the select lakes that you guys are going to go to. It's just, I think Max will have a really good mindset and confidence level on spots where if you got, it's, it's pretty much the stick and stay and make them pay. Like you guys know where fish sit. You like Mm -hmm. you in the old boat, you got the old waypoints. You of all the fish catches on the chain. And I mean, you just get on those spots at the right time. And that's like, you know, bing, bam, boom. <laughs> you guys could put a couple in the boat in like an hour, you know, it could, it could easily happen. You, you've seen some of those spots stack up. I mean, yeah. sometimes in the chain, you kind of go down shoreline sometimes, pick off a fish here and there, see one or whatever, but there's definitely some spots that, that hold more fish than others um, this time of year for sure. And uh, we'll make sure you guys are all set Friday. Yeah, I already know it's going to be tough for me to not want to just cover a ton of water if we don't move a fish early in the morning. But uh, just going to have to change the mental mindset. Just trust that there's a fish, you know, where we've been casting and, you know, try and maybe switch up some presentations and get a little lucky with the timing. Yep, totally agree on that. Um, Another one that we were able to get on. I think I mentioned it just a little bit earlier. It was uh, just today, Father's Day, B-Day fish that Max got on the baby DR. Uh, we were trolling. So like I said, we found some more bugs, and they're definitely castable. Um, but I know Max, when we were in the boat, we did realize one thing, that when we marked fish on side image and we were running live scope to check the uh, trolling bait depths and stuff like that, uh, we were finding out when we mark one, and set a waypoint and then turn around to go back to it they sometimes disappear or move like pretty far down the ways and those fish are on the move and that almost tells me that they're on and off on and off like moving out there and they might be moving on and off structure constantly through the day so i think that's where you can you guys can pick a few off if you you guys i mean max really well knows those a couple of those areas where fish are gonna like the spots where the fish are gonna go on and off so yeah we were kind of finding out that they're moving around quite a bit out there in the mud they're not standing still and they're just moving around so uh, that's just something to really stick with and and really hone in on your electronics i know majority of the people in that tournament are going to run run live scope and they're going to be able to see fish i mean it's inevitable for sure but but it's it's still going to happen to them. I mean, those fish disappear. I mean, I've seen it before too, having live scope running in in mud. They like they disappear in a blink of an eye and just totally get out of sight. And then they're just tough. Then then you're just running around looking for one fish that you might not even be going in the right direction for. But before we go into Q and A, one quick thing that I thought was pretty cool with the catch we just had today is that when we were running live scope, looking back at the trolling lures, I saw one pop up and start following the lure. And it was just following it for, I don't know, I didn't give it very much time because I know that sometimes when they come up after them, they just back off really quickly. So I just grabbed the rod and just rip it. And as soon as I got done ripping it, then the, the fish just smashed it and, and you know doubled over the rod. And you can hear the line. Zzz, 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 and, and then that, that was cool. So definitely add... That's why I think you guys can truly benefit from casting some of those areas with rubber. You can add all those triggering effects that some of the trollers can't. Okay, I think that wraps up our talk about what's going on here in the Northwoods. Hopefully that gives some people some insight going into the weekend on what they're going to be looking for up here. Good luck to really everyone else in the PMCC. and, And I know I'll be chatting with you, Brian and Max, leading up to it a ton more and we'll be getting the game plan going and doing a little pre-fish in there too but yeah just wanted to wish good luck to everyone out there going to fish the first ever pmcc that justin over at rnm musky shop is setting up 
And if you're listening to this and you might be coming up here to the Vial Sinaida County area or you live here and you're not in the PMCC, I suggest signing up. I'm unsure if there's spots available left. There might be, there might not be. So don't quote me on it, but make sure to sign up and get in on it because it's got a sweet $30,000 cash prize first place if it's a full tournament. And I think it's going to be full, if not very, very close. So our first Q&A question comes from Pete. Pete asked me, he sent me a, a message on Facebook and asked, let's say you have three hours to fish, all things being equal. Would you fish midday moon or sunset? Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I think half the reason why I enjoy fishing so much is to kind of get away from it all. Yada, 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 you know, that, that good stuff. So sunset, I guess for me is a, is an easy answer. Um, I guess the questions probably more pertain to where do you feel more confident you can catch a fish? I think it, it goes both ways for me. I mean, I, I feel the best at sunset. A lot of the times when we're struggling during the day and, you know, maybe things aren't working out for us. I always feel confident that at least we can get one bite at sunset. I think that also kind of goes with the, I mean, obviously like, you know, if you've listened to the last few episodes, you do know that I love throwing top water prime time to do that. Feel, feel very confident. I can get a bite to, to at least squeeze out a bite during that time frame. And then also just lastly, it's, <clears throat> it's my favorite time to fish. Best time to be on the water. Things typically quiet down. A lot of people go and eat dinner at a reasonable time, whereas, you know, a lot of times we're eating at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and so, t- you know, a lot of the times we'll have the water to ourselves. Uh, it's a great time to be out there. And it's also makes for some pretty epic pictures if you can catch a fish, you know, right at sunset. Yeah, I, my answer, I don't think this was one of the answer options, but I would say first thing in the morning and sunrise always seem to have great luck then. It seems like there's just kind of an automatic bite window in the first hour of sunrise, hour or two hours. But um, I would side with Max there and say at sunset, I think we've, you know, we've been skunked with the midday movie and skunked at sunset, but I just feel like sunset, I always have a little bit more confidence. And, you know, it's kind of your last spot of the day and you usually get a little bit more dialed in for it. And yeah, we've had a lot of success there. But depending on the lake though, I mean, there's some lakes that have proven to be really, really good at sunset and um, some lakes that have it and they're fairly identical lakes in terms of like size or water clarity. So I don't know what the external factor is that decides what lakes are great at sunset, but there is a weird trend. I mean, I was thinking about maybe going against the grain and you guys, but there's truly nothing that beats a sunset muskie. I don't really know what else to say. You guys touched on everything about that. You know, once you get a pattern dialed through the day, even if you're not catching any fish or you probably moved a bunch through the day. If you're dialing that in, it's, you just feel insane confidence to, to hook one and, and get one at sunset. So I'm going to go with sunset for just at three, three hours to go. All things, all things equal. Okay. I'm going to move on to the Instagram story questions. Uh, the first one comes from poorly made musky memes. Quick, another shout out here to anybody that didn't hear their question that came in the other week. Uh, that's a great, Instagram page to follow. He makes hilarious memes, all things musky fishing. Definitely recommend checking them, checking them out. What's your go-to? I just caught a musky song. That's a tough one. We don't usually put music on in the boat. One thing is because my radio is broken in the boat. I'm trying to think like what we would jam on the way to. We, we, we've, uh, yeah, it's usually on the way to Gus. Last summer, I think we had like a trend for a bit. We and had a little, we, was it Mac played, Miller? Is it Mac that, Miller, Kid Cudi? And whenever we Kid listened Cuddy. to one or the other, we had caught a fish that day. And whenever we didn't, we didn't catch a fish. And it was like a trend for, I don't know, a few outings at least. But um, yeah, I guess if I like caught a PB and was forced to put music on on the boat, Probably go with something chill like Money Trees by Kendrick, um, something of that nature. <laughs> Dude, funny thing is, you just brought up Kendrick. I have, I guess, a quick funny story. Might not have anything to do with this question, but Brian, you kind of were there for it a good bit. It kind of happened throughout college where if I was, is mainly when I was trout fishing and it sometimes, it definitely worked up here when it was just kind of going out the boat. I think this has been going on for longer than I think now that, now that I think about it is that if I was getting skunked 
for like say I was fishing for like two hours, three hours, I would just throw in Kendra Kamar and all of a sudden boom, fish. Boom, fish. <laughs> Something <laughs> in that eight oh eight bump and that gets just, those fish all riled up. I know. I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't know why it worked. And I don't know why I don't do it anymore. Cause I mean, there's a few times out there that you know that when the going gets tough, bump Kendrick. So yeah, for for anybody in the PMCC, if you hear a loud Kendrick Lamar concert from across the lake, you'll know where we're at. Yeah, I guess for for me, like you guys said, it's not so much of the the actual song post musky, but the thing that this question made me think of is kind of a funny thing that happens quite often on our trips. Like if we get up really early we're driving to the lake and all of us are just dead tired and we'll typically have music just blaring super loud and none of us are talking at all whether <laughs> it is like you know some heavy rap or it's like you know rock like i know we listen to a lot of stones that led zeppelin macy dc on the way to the lake too so i just always geek at that it's hilarious when we're pulling up the launch we just have music super loud and just none of us have said a word and then we get out of the car we're like all right let's we're ready to go let's go just <laughs> get full to- full volume edm we're all just emotionless <laughs> yeah but it does kind of wake you up gets you going i mean i think you got to have some pre-fishing music like if you're going to the lake with you know just nothing really going i don't know it sets the stage gets the vibes going okay let's move on to our next question and this <laughs> This is probably going to be followed by a couple bleeps, but we're going to answer it anyways. Uh, this one comes from Jack T. He asks, what are your top three favorite lakes in Vilas and Oneida County? <laughs> I, what a bold question to ask, That's... Jack. I applaud you for that. Thank you, Jack. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, he was our guest after the opener send. Uh, he was on our boat. He was my team partner that weekend in our little tournament. And he wants to know what our top three favorite lakes are. Yeah, no, we, we don't have to bleep it out. I'll give them away for everybody. Okay, Brian, I, what do you got? I think I think we can all agree that it would be Lake, uh, LVD, and uh, Eagle River Chain. All right. I That that might not Here be followed by any bleeps. Out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's definitely love that lake so much <laughs> i've had a lot of success going there every single time just can't keep fish out of the boat every time i go to unbelievable lake so many fish in there yeah don't don't give away all the secrets i don't want people going there yeah i think right around the corner of that lake max would be one of my favorites and that's mm. um <laughs> what i really like about that lake is that there's a lot of fish in there and there's big fish so everyone uh Never everyone head on over either. to <laughs> and um yeah what are my other two oh that's tough you know we're gonna we're gonna throw up there i just always got a good feeling about that lake every time we go yeah, there i've moved a 60 inch out there so that's that's, that's right lake. brian i think he's got that on that's number four for brian yeah um i don't know last one probably you know yep just a solid it's just a solid lake you can always find a bite there um <laughs> Just, just action water. Uh, we've we've moved a couple big fish. We've caught some sizable fish there, but I just can't, I just like the layout. You know, yeah, can't you, beat you, it. You cannot forget. You can't leave out another great lake for everybody in the area. Crazy, crazy <laughs> that you're just giving the listeners all these lakes. Wow, um, you guys are lucky out there, Jack. You asked a great question there. Uh, hopefully that helps everyone. All right, let's move on to the next question. And this comes from Eric W on Instagram. He asked, what's the longest drive spell you've been through slash most recent memorable one? And how did you break it? Wow. That's what this one hits to home. Cause if, uh, if people out there say that they've never had a dry spell, they'd be, they're lying. Cause everyone goes through them. Mine came, uh, last, last fall, actually. Um, that's definitely my most memorable one. We had an awesome August. And moving into the fall, which is my favorite time of year to muskie fish, I was, you know, obviously very excited. I had a few good weekends pinned to come up. Gus and I were fishing in uh, the Paul's Pro-Am tournament as well in September. Um, So, yeah, I was getting geared up for the fall, ready to go. Like I said, we just came off of a good August. So the confidence was high. And we, uh, we, we ended up taking a few different trips during September. Had some work things come up. And so... 
wasn't able to fish as much as I would have hoped. Uh, but I do remember we, you know, we blanked on a weekend where we only got out a few different times early September. I came up for Paul's pro-am, uh, pre-fishing whole tournament, didn't catch a fish. And then I took a whole week of work off the first week in October last year. And it was, if you guys remember, it was during that really bad, uh, warm kind of warming trend during October, uh, that first week of October, we fished extremely hard, uh, during the weekdays and ended up not, I don't think I caught a single fish. I, I might've caught one under 30 inch muskie right at the end of the trip, the last day, if that would consider really breaking it. Um, but it was multiple weekend trips without catching a fish from end of August and my fall was terrible. I ended up seeing a lot of really good fish get caught in the boat, which, you know, always helps, but it really didn't break for me until this spring when I got that big pre-spawn fish. So yeah, that was, that really showed me, you know, the, the true bottom of the barrel when it comes to musky fishing. Um, you know, things can go south quickly sometimes and, you know, days can kind of start to compile. And next thing you know, you haven't caught a fish in a few months. So it's real. It happens. And that's what makes, uh, you know, I guess the, the really good nights or the really memorable catches that much, uh, more special. Yeah. I think I'm going to piggyback on max there. I myself had a little bit of a dry spell going there <laughs> last September. That was not a great month to us at all. And like Max said, we did have a va family vacation in there, which I don't want to use any excuses, but I think that was right around the time of some pretty awesome weather kicking into end of September that we kind of got to miss because I, I know right when we got back that dry spell has ended with a two mid forties first two sucker fish day of the season. That was, that was incredible. That kind of ended it. Um, that whole September, I was just really, really struggling to convert on fish. We were seeing plenty. I know a few friends of mine in the boat that were fishing with, we were missing fish that were, you know, smacking the bait but we just weren't getting hooks into them and it was tough it just kept grinding and and knew it would turn around at some point and uh, it definitely did definitely did same same with me really that last fall that was just kind of a a weird time really yeah something to a quick story to kind of encapsulate my dry spell um when we were fishing in that paul's pro-am tournament like i said we we didn't catch a fish pre-fishing our first day, we we saw plenty of fish, but like Gus said, you know, we'd get them into the eight. They were non-committal. They were nipping at the back of baits, stuff like that. But I think the one that really broke me was Sunday, the second day of the tournament. Uh, you know, with I think an hour left to go. At this point, our minds are completely out of it. That day was terrible. We didn't see a single fish the entire the entire day. And like I said, with about an hour to go. I was throwing double tens and I was just like, all right, if a, if a fish hits this, at least I think I can keep it pinned. Um, we heard that they were moving on blades that day and I was probably staring at the shoreline or something, not paying much attention. And this is typically how it happens, but I had like a, a mid forties chain fish just swipe right at my feet and just completely missed the double 10. I don't know if it was a blind fish or what, but that just kind of was the just broke the back a little bit after being in the middle of a dry spell, having something like that happen. And I had a handful of other things of that nature kind of going on that month and into October, but that one just kind of stuck out for me. Not only was it in a tournament, but it would have been nice fish to, to kind of break that dry spell. Just kind of seeing it happen right at your feet was just, it was just tough. It's just a tough scene. Yeah. Dry spells are just, they're inevitable. You just got to stick with your game don't don't try too many new things i mean it's always good to branch out but just stick to your game use the lures that you know work and catch fish that you like to work and just get out of that slump and then once you're out of that slump and you're onto a good bite and you're all dialed up then then you can start trying new things new lakes new lures new techniques but yeah the the dry spells are tough they're tough to get through but in the end it's it just really is what makes catching a muskie that much sweeter no matter the size all right our next question from instagram comes from user fluff to tough running i know he sent a question the other week uh fluff asks do you change your side imaging settings from lake to lake also can you share your settings thanks all right 
I'm not sure if you know this fluff, but I do run Garmin. Uh, I know not everybody runs that. For the most part, I don't change my settings around too much unless I drop into a lake and I see some pretty heavy distortions or, or my original settings are getting screwed up. And and a quick example of that is is when I went from fishing all these Vilesonida County area lakes and then going down to the Madison chain um, on Wabisa and Monona, my side image just like completely took a shit and I thought I had to get like a new transducer sent like right before the tournament. I was kind of panicking and, and I haven't really, I just didn't mess around with it enough. And, and I was trying to ask people questions before, you know, putting it into action myself. And, and all I had to do was just change around the frequency. I think I was running on the high highest chirp, uh, like 1070. And, and then I think I just changed it down to 455 and that really cleared the image up quite a bit and everything went back to normal and honestly, now that I'm back up north here, I'm going to keep running 455 because that is keeping a super clear image. I'm still getting a lot of range. I typically, I'm trying to think now with, with side image, I typically run it shorter left to right when I'm trolling and longer when I'm casting. When I'm casting, I sometimes put it out to 100 each side, but I usually keep it in that 85 to 90 range. And then trolling, I usually do anywhere from 70 to 80 feet left and right. I usually keep it that that shorter distance while trolling because you're just kind of, you're, you're moving faster. So fish aren't going to mark as large and you're kind of, you know, covering a tighter spread anyways. I mean, I usually just run two down rods if two people are in the boat, one down rod if it's just myself. And, and I would run a planer board if there's a third, but I'd keep that planer board pretty close to the boat. So there's really no reason to like scan super far while you're trolling at, you know, three to four miles an hour or something like that. And you, you just kind of, you kind of lose the image of the fish if you're trying to mark them while trolling. Fluff also on the settings. I can share them quick here. To be honest, I've just found them off of YouTube. YouTube was super helpful. I am not going to talk on here like I'm some absolute genie. Like I, I know my electronics super well, but for the most part the the settings wise I, I just use a lot of a lot of stuff that i found on youtube and really just tweak it from there until it kind of works for myself and um i don't know if you have garmin but I usually run it around that like 53 to 57 ish contrast and and then the brightness i'll kind of flip back and forth from auto medium and auto high depending on how much like kickback or or feedback I'm getting from from the lake that I'm at. I also I, I think the scroll speed comes auto. I think it, it, that's how it's defaulted, and I do move it to I think five or six. It is so that even if I'm spot locked or standing still, it's gonna continue to go. And this is actually something that I found very beneficial. Actually, smallmouth fishing. Um, I don't mean to bring up that at all, but. When I'd spot lock on on some flats, we'd we'd watch schools swim by the boat, and even though the boat was like standing still, and the side image pretty much just looked like nothing on the left and right. Randomly, you just see like six, you know, dashes with their following shadows on the other side, and you're like, oh, well, there's there's some smallmouth that just you know did a little drive by by the boat, and now we know to cast you know, a little bit back because you figured that they're usually going upwind, but hopefully that helps. I don't really have too much more on, on the settings. I think it's, I just use the Amber color scheme. It's probably one of the most basic. I know some people like to use the midnight emerald green, something like that. I don't remember what it's called, but uh, that's what I sometimes run on my down imaging. Gives me a pretty clear image. Um, but other than that, I would just, I would highly suggest just going down to YouTube. They have awesome tutorials that goes through all the settings and they will explain each and every one what you're doing if you're dialing it up or down. So definitely suggest that. Okay. The last two questions actually kind of go hand in hand and I'm just going to quick, quickly rifle through them. Um, I know, I know Brian and Max don't do it as much I know max does like to do it with me but these both refer to trolling and this is all very relevant for anyone going out there and fishing this weekend or now or pretty much in the next couple of weeks as these bug hatches start to 
kind of reach their maximum. So the first one about trolling comes from Instagram user Gus Swenson. And he asks, what are you running for your trolling setups? For me, pretty much just run what I'm going to run sucker fishing. And that's an eight foot heavy rod. They are moderate action rods so that they have a little more backbone to them. That, that You know, like a faster tip, it would just be bending from the tip where with the moderate action, it's like the whole rod is folding so that when you're trolling super fast with a big bait and you got it jammed in the water as a down rod, it can take all that, you know, beating as you're going quickly through the water. And then on top of that, a fish hitting or, you know, the other unfortunate happenings is snagging a crib or brush pile or rock or something. Is that so that that rod doesn't just, I mean, I, I feel like if you had a really, really, really fast tip, and you snag the crib going really fast, it could just snap from from the tip. Whereas if you have the moderate action, the whole rod is folding. So that's what I'm running for rods. I think you can just get a rod anywhere. Uh, that It does not have to be fancy. As long as it's around eight, eight and a half, I'd say. I mean, you could go with a nine foot two, no problem. As long as it's a heavy and it's a moderate action, I think you're definitely going to be able to get the job done and kind of use it just as a two-way setup of, of a sucker rod and a trolling setup. All right, our last question, and this one's also about trolling. This one comes from Instagram user Luke. He asks, what are your favorite trolling baits for northern Wisconsin? Ooh, this is a good question. I, For me, I, I, I just... There's a few that I know work really well, and I'm just going to continue. I want to keep branching out as much as possible, but I know that there's just a few that keep working day in, day out, spring, summer, fall. And and those are usually baits, honestly, with rattles in them because I do fish quite a bit of stained water. And the top three are going to be the 22 Short, the Baby Depth Raider, and probably a Jake eight or 10 inch Jake, um, especially the 10 inch Jake when you're trolling around a Cisco Lake, that one can be deadly in the fall. Or even, you know, one thing that I do want to really try the, the larger Jake is is to kind of speed troll it a little bit more in the summer at some times when say like a weed, weed bite isn't really going super well and, and you want to just kind of quickly burn, get a bait down deep and burn it fast and it being a large bait so that's that's definitely something that i want to try this year but yeah i think those are probably my favorite trolling baits i mean i have some more that i've caught fish on but honestly day in day out if one of those three is not on my rod then it's probably just a complete experimental day because those those are some of the baits that i have the absolute most confidence getting bit all right, I think that wraps up our podcast for the week, and I think that was a pretty good one. Had some really, really good questions from the from the listeners out there. Thank you so much for sending them in, and if we do need some more questions in another week, or if your question wasn't answered, like I said, just shoot me a message, and be sure to look out on, on Instagram stories for sure, sometimes Facebook if we're looking for some more questions on on a post of mine that, that I'll be asking asking you guys the listeners to send us in some questions. And on top of that, um, I just wish everyone the best of luck in the PMCC and anybody else going out fishing this weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good weekend of fishing. I mean, this is truly like some of the best fishing in my opinion of the year. I, I didn't want to tip or I was trying to tiptoe around it. Really. I, I'd sometimes don't, always really like that early June bite. It can be really difficult. The fish can be very, very scattered. And I've found that picking lakes can be very, very picky with these fish. But this is this is now truly the time of year where your small lakes are getting fully developed. Your medium to large lakes are just right around the corner. And these fish are going to start stacking up on all your like super predictable spots and your weed flats and weed points and and you're definitely going to be looking for like, you know, big wind spots or where, where there's tons of bait loaded up on those weed edges. And it's just the water's going to get warmer, you know, in a good way. Obviously not too warm. Hopefully it doesn't get too warm this year, but 
in a good way that water is going to get warm and they're going to fire up these fish to get their metabolism going and they're just going to be feeding a lot more heavily throughout the day and then this is this is where finally you get those bite windows that aren't super super tight so everyone hang in there uh, i think we got some really good fishing ahead of us so before we sign off i'm going to quick give out my socials for any of the listeners interested on following my adventures and keep following along max and i in the pmtt i'm sure max and brian are going to be posting about the pmcc this weekend and just going forward with with uh now starting the much more heavy guide season that's 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 upon me and uh be getting a bunch of pictures out for you guys and hopefully a bunch of smiling faces of some some first time musky catchers so really looking forward to it so my instagram is at sugs fishing facebook is also going to be sugs fishing guide service you can add me as a friend there at gus manti also feel free to reach me at my cell phone number which is 920-264-3816 you can give me a message a call leave me a voicemail i'll get back to you as soon as i can and also be sure to check out my website and that is www.sugsfishing.com uh, that's got a bunch of good fish pictures in there as well if you if you don't have an instagram or facebook you can check out my rates you can uh, find my contact info on there. You can, I mean, I know you already listened to this, but I got I got my podcast going out on there as well. And from there, you can just give me a message on availability this year and, and hopefully I can get you out in the boat and get you on some fish. So, all right. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Really looking forward, Brian, to fishing that PMCC tournament with you. I think it's a win if we can make it out of the tournament. Uh, still friends, still alive and hopefully catch a few fish in the meantime. So, yeah, it should be a good time. Night, everyone. Talk to you next week. Yeah, and I think tonight deserves a quick sign-off from you, Brian. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for this week since it was announced by Justin earlier this year. It is the PMCC. It is upon us. I will see all you clowns on the podium come Sunday afternoon. Uh, unfortunately first place has already been decided and, uh, we got the secret ticket this weekend. Good luck to everybody. Stay safe out there and, uh, we'll see you Sunday with a big old check.